0: Support for Market Foolery comes from our friends at Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Home plays a big role in your life. That's why Quicken Loans created Rocket Mortgage. It lets you apply simply and understand the entire mortgage process fully, so you can be confident you're getting the right mortgage for you. To get started, go to RocketMortgage.com/fool. It's Monday, December 11th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill, joining me in studio today for Million Dollar Portfolio, Jason Moser. Happy Monday. Thrilled to be here. We've got a lot going on. We've got the world of sports media. We've got music streaming, which we talked about on Motley Fool Money over the weekend, and more news breaking there. You can always email us. fool.com is our email address. From Jamie Braswell in Dublin, Ireland, longtime listener who writes, Chris, I try not to pester you, but I could not let the moment pass without saying congratulations on your alma mater Boston College knocking off unbeaten and number no. one Duke BC seems to do well against number no. ones in recent years and it's all the sweeter for me having grown up a tar heel fan Ooh, so yeah, thank you to Jamie i'm I'm wearing my my BC shirt today not that anyone can see it on the on the audio podcast
1: but... I'm gonna go ahead and use this as an opportunity I don't know if you guys saw, but um last week my Wofford Terriers. In the Just hunt. Just a speck on the map. Right. Well, yeah, they were in the hunt for, for the football championship and unfortunately, uh, they were ousted this weekend. But the basketball team beat Georgia Tech. There you go. On a three pointer at the
0: end. Big win. I think it was number no. four on Sports Center's play of the day. Big wins all around. Yeah. All right, we're going to stick with sports. Verizon is renewing its contract with the NFL to live stream games to its subscribers. Verizon had paid one billion dollars over the past four years. Reportedly, going to be paying just over one and a half billion over the next five years. That's a twenty percent increase, if my math is correct. I'm, I don't know. I look at this and I'm a little surprised, but only a little surprised. You don't seem convinced. Uh, Well, I, I understand that Verizon is looking to beef up their content. And so, this is not a ton of money in terms of the NFL, even though it has nine zeros attached to it. But, I'm still surprised that they went that much higher.
1: Yeah, you know, I think the big—it's a big deal on a number of fronts, and I think the question—the biggest question it prompts for me—is—is is Verizon paying too much for this? Um, we all know the challenges that the NFL is facing. I think we all know the challenges that that sports generally are facing right now, as we sort of see this out of the new sort of twenty-first century uh, media landscape, and it's not just. CBS, NBC, and ABC anymore. I mean, distribution has changed very dramatically here over the course of the last decade, and so we saw a couple of years where Twitter made a deal with the NFL to carry Thursday night games. Then we saw this year Amazon made their deal to carry those those Thursday night games, paid five times as much as Twitter did. Um, I think Twitter kind of got that deal for a song. Amazon, I think the feeling there generally is they probably paid a little bit more than they needed to. So, Verizon, I think, I feel like on the surface, it does seem like Verizon's paying too much. One of the reasons why I think that is because it's not exclusive to Verizon anymore. This is going to be available it seems on every carrier and it sounds like Verizon is really going to use this as an opportunity to push uh, its Yahoo and AOL properties, which is fine I guess, but I mean, I'm going to be honest with you, man. I don't I don't I don't tune into Yahoo ever anymore and it feels like that is not just me. I mean, I think Yahoo is kind of falling off a cliff when it comes to um, their sports and their finance properties—it's just not the same. It doesn't carry the same sway, and it's not all their fault. I mean, Facebook and Snapchat and Twitter and Instagram and all of these—all of these sort of social properties—I think are really kind of coming in there and taking a lot of that mindshare. Uh, but the other thing to worry about here is that we've seen beyond just football in in virtually every sport over the past. 15 years the median age for the viewership here is getting a lot older and so younger audiences really aren't tuning in now that could be for a number of different reasons i think one of them is because those younger eyeballs are going to different areas different media properties but i think also the other problem is that we don't have the same attention span that we perhaps once did i don't think the attraction is there to sit down and watch a game for 3 hours like it used to like it used to exist so we're finding new ways to consume our content, whether it's in little clips scrolling through your Twitter feed or whether it's catching something on Facebook that your friend shared. Um, I, I just can't help but look at this and think you know, this may be the NFL's kind of last hurrah in commanding any substantial pricing power.
0: It is going to be interesting to see the extent to which Verizon decides to share information about what this deal is doing to drive subscribership. In the same way, to go back to Amazon, when Amazon rolled out their deal for Thursday Night Football, there were a lot of people who looked at that and thought, "Okay, that's certainly a significant increase in terms of what Twitter had paid the previous year. But at least in the case of Amazon, presumably, they're going to be able to sell stuff they know, hey, if you're watching this Thursday night game between Atlanta and New Orleans, then you're there's a decent chance you're a fan of one of those two teams. And, oh, by the way, we're just going to target you with some ads to buy some
1: And at the very least, I mean, you're a Prime member, and if you weren't, then you signed up to Prime to get those games because that's the only way you could watch them in the first place. And really, we've said before, I mean, that Prime membership is the pot of gold at the end of Amazon's rainbow. I mean, that basically dictates everything that they're doing, at least in that e-commerce and media space. So, um, again, though, I mean, I think Twitter, Amazon, even Verizon here, there's there's this sort of consistency there in non-exclusivity, which I think could be a problem. And, And I, I mean, I've noticed that because we've. Recently cut the cord, and so we have the Hulu Live package, which is nice because you can get sports that way. Um, and so I don't necessarily need to watch it on Amazon. I didn't necessarily need to watch it on Twitter. It was another way to do it, but it wasn't like it was the only way to do it. And I think with Verizon, um, that it's going to span carriers, that there are going to be many different ways to get this content could pose a problem. I mean, on the flip side. I mean, we've all got a TV in our pocket these days, and I think that's where this really hits. Is even if you don't want to sit there and watch the whole game, you're going to be able to tune in and catch clips here and there, which is encouraging, I think. Now, I still kind of wonder about the pricing side of it because I do feel like the NFL, along with other major sporting associations, are facing a bit of a bit of a problem there.
0: Well, and I think that's going to be the most interesting thing to see in terms of the major television contracts when those expire and the next round of bidding starts, it'll be interesting to see what networks that currently have a given sport just come out and say, we're not we're not doing this again. Or yeah. you know, and they decide to walk away. Or they offer a modest increase if if CBS decides we like having these AFC games and some of the playoffs, but you know what, we're not doing this again when the contract is up.
1: Well, and the economics don't make sense for them. We can already see, or we've seen, sort of this this evolution as 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 so. You see it go from broadcast TV to cable. I mean, broadcast TV is really having trouble making those numbers meet now, so they're not going to be able to really outbid. Many competitors anymore. Cable, we're kind of seeing the same problem there in that a lot of people are opting not to get cable packages or at least different cable packages. And so it's just a very interesting sort of evolution in the space and it's all going more towards mobile, uh, many different ways to get it as distribution really has been changed forever thanks to the internet. So uh, this is just the beginning, I think, of what we're going to see a very long sort of transformation of the space over the coming decade.
0: United Natural Foods is a major supplier for Whole Foods, and United Natural stock has had a rough couple of years. <laughs> yeah. Early 2015, it was just over eighty dollars a share. Earlier this year, it had fallen as low as twenty-nine, and the last few months, it's really started to bounce back. Mm-hmm. And you had pointed me to a story that that seems to indicate that United Natural Foods might be sort of the hidden beneficiary. Of Amazon's acquisition of Whole Foods,
1: it could be. I mean, this is actually a really interesting story that's developing, and uh, I mean, I think it proves that the Amazon Whole Foods tie-up is more important. It's very important, obviously, in a lot of different ways, but but it's beyond just those two big names in Amazon and Whole Foods. And United Natural Foods is a company I've covered for some time now. One I started researching back in 2012. And on the surface, you know, you look at the business, and I mean, it is in food distribution, which is really a very low-margin game. And so, the only way that this makes an attractive investment is either you get a mispricing, or or you recognize that you've really got the biggest player in the space, and they and they own that competitive advantage that'll allow them to keep on growing and in commanding at least some pricing. I mean, United Natural Foods has a a very strong network. Uh, across the country, I mean, it's the biggest distribution network in the country, and they've done a very good job over time in uh, being able to get those naturals and organics and all those sort of new products that are really starting to stock on those shelves. Uh, Whole Foods is responsible for a lot of their money. Uh, if you look back to any given year, about a third of uh, of Whole Foods. Total sales is thanks to United Natural Foods. Now, United Natural Foods is a supplier to not just Whole Foods, though. I mean, they supply Safeway, Kroger, Publix, Wegmans. I mean, they they supply all of these uh, grocers. But it was when we saw this acquisition, when we saw Amazon buy Whole Foods, it was a big question mark as to exactly how this was going to work out for uh, United Natural Foods. I mean, on the one on the one hand, you could see, hey, maybe this results in a lot of potential business for them if Amazon's really good about growing that footprint and getting uh, more people to shop at Whole Foods. I mean, On the other side, given Amazon's expertise in, in fulfillment, logistics and whatnot, it's very reasonable to assume they could disrupt United Natural Foods and do something better at a lower cost. Um, it does appear, at least in the early innings here, that United Natural Foods may benefit from this relationship, because they were surprised a little bit to the upside. Uh, they got a lot of extra business here. Uh, Presumably from Whole Foods. I mean, if you kind of read between the lines, you can see that it was it was from Whole Foods, and um, I mean, when we look at online grocery sales, that was forty two billion dollars in two thousand and sixteen. That was up one hundred and fifty six percent from two thousand and fifteen. Now, with Amazon buying Whole Foods, with with all of sort of the new ways this this uh, model shaking out, I mean, this is a number that's only going to continue to grow. So it would seem, at least, that United Natural Foods should benefit from this. I think the early assumptions are that they will. Uh, time will obviously tell. But certainly, it was a good quarter for the company. It seems like the stock is starting to reflect a little bit more optimism.
0: All right, We're going to get to Apple in just a second. But uh, first, I want to say thanks to our friends at Rocket Mortgage. Uh, Look, if you're getting a mortgage or you're refinancing your home loan, that is it is not a fun process. It is not a walk in the park. And when you're making a big financial decision like that, you just want to be confident. And that's what Rocket Mortgage does. It gives you the confidence, the same level of confidence that you have in your everyday life or your job. And it's simple. Rocket Mortgage allows you to fully understand all the details and be confident that you're getting the right mortgage for you. So to get started, just go to rocketmortgage.com/fool. That's rocketmortgage.com/fool. Equal housing lender, licensed in all 50 states and MLS. ConsumerAccess.org number 3030. The lead story on Motley Fool Money over the weekend was about the music streaming industry, which I think is becoming one of the more interesting industries to watch in 2018. We started with the reports that Yahoo is reportedly going to make a third go of a music streaming business, launching something in March. And Apple this morning reports out that Apple is going to be buying Shazam, which is a music recognition app. This is on the heels of another acquisition that Apple just made. They bought a podcast search startup called Pop-Up Archive. You were not on Motley Fool Money over the weekend. Where do you think music streaming is going? Because you've got Spotify, which is probably going to go public in 2018. You've got Pandora, which is already public. You've got Apple Music. You've got Amazon Prime streaming. And this seems weird to say, but Google right now appears to be a distant fifth place. Yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, I see. So my take on music streaming may be a little bit different than others. I don't know, but generally speaking my belief is that music streaming is primarily a form of engagement as opposed to a standalone opportunity and and i think that all you have to do is look at the financials of standalone offerings and and i think that it makes a lot of sense there i mean we we know the challenges pandora has encountered here since going public i mean that's a a business that's faced with big time problems financials that are getting worse not better haven't been profitable yet and and By all accounts, Spotify is very much the same thing. I mean, Spotify is signing up people and they're bringing in revenue, but they're chalking up losses quarter in and quarter out. I mean, they're just not making any money. And I think one of the biggest challenges there is that uh, the economics for a long time and even now really don't seem to work out very well in the musicians' favor. And I think the musicians are. Pretty pissed off about that, honestly. I mean, I know I would be. I mean, I don't think it's a very good time to be a musician unless you're really committed to touring. I think that's where uh, the biggest success stories in the space are making their hay. I mean, they are just touring businesses and then they put their music out almost as a form of marketing, so to speak. I mean, that's that streaming is a form of marketing. So I think that for companies like Apple and Amazon and even Google, Music represents a form of engagement. It gets people into their universe and keeps them there for more reasons. And when you look at the advent of like the the home uh, speaker system, you know whether it's Alexa or Google Home, and now Google's got this. Please don't,
0: please don't use the.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, the (laughs) Echo. I apologize, everybody out there, (laughs) as 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 your Echoes light up. Um, But but whether it's the Echo or the Google Home, and now Google's got this. this high-end home speaker that's coming out, which is essentially the same thing. It does the same things as a Google Home, but it costs I think around four hundred dollars, and it's just a better quality sound. Uh, you've got Apple's HomePod, which I don't think is really going to compete with Google or Amazon on that home assistant, that virtual assistant, so to speak. I think it's going to be more music, musically based anyway. So for me, like the the Apple. Purchase of Shazam is simply an opportunity for them to add more to their current music offering, and the music offering for them, it's it's not as meaningful for them as something like obviously Pandora's offering is for it. I mean, Pandora is pretty much a one-trick pony. For Apple, music is just part of the whole deal. I think you know Apple's biggest challenge is that. If you're not using an Apple device, then then you don't really have any incentive to use Apple Music. And while domestically Apple does pretty well here, I mean we know probably about fifty percent of the country here is on the iPhone, and the other fifty is some sort of Android device. Globally speaking, Android is the the leading operating system by mile. So when you look at it from that perspective, I mean. It's really hard to imagine how anybody in this line of work succeeds just as a as a music streaming company alone. And I mean, I include Spotify in that as well. Like I've looked at this Spotify IPO, the potential IPO. They're talking about possibly twenty billion dollars. I mean that's absurd. It makes no sense whatsoever. There's no switching costs involved. There's no competitive advantage. I mean, I know you can go in there and cater your own little y- y- playlist and whatnot, but that, that's not even an advantage. You can do that anywhere. And so, I just to me, whether it's Apple or Amazon or Google, I think music really represents a great opportunity to keep your customers, your users engaged. And that's why I think they continue to make these little investments. And the Apple purchase of Shazam is just that.
0: The fact that uh, Jimmy Iovine, uh, who was part of the the beats sale to apple the fact that he came out recently and said point blank no oh, apple's not making money on this yeah. you know, the fact that he said they're that's not profitable for them so you have that and then your point about spotify i mean spotify's the leader spotify's got what sixty million something like that subscribers something some insane number like that
1: and their losses are getting bigger right you know and it's it's not because it's not because of all of the the sales and marketing spend either. I mean, music, This is really one of the one of the toughest contracts to negotiate in any business. I mean, video is is simple. Music is really. It's just a brutal business. I just can't imagine anyone on their own being able to
0: succeed. Well, and the other thing is, we've talked before about video streaming services and talked about how. There can and will be more than one winner yeah. because people will subscribe to more than one service. It's hard for me to imagine anyone subscribing to more than one music streaming service. Even if you subscribe to Spotify or Pandora and you love or Apple Music for that matter and you love it. You're probably only subscribing to one. I I can't imagine doing more than one. I don't know
1: why you would. I mean, I, I, you know, it's funny. Like we, you've seen SiriusXM has taken a big interest in Pandora, and I think that's actually really interesting because Pandora is trying to sort of approach the strategy of we got to be something more than just music. We've got to take this sort of to the next level and offer podcast content, other other forms of, of content besides music. And I, I think that's. That's probably a good move, Um, and it actually wouldn't be surprised at all if at some point Sirius didn't buy Pandora for just a song, so to speak, um, and and incorporate that into sort of give them a better app presence. Because that's another thing with Sirius has done a very good job. They have a very good an app presence. You can take it as mobile. It's it's easy to use, Um, and so for me, yeah, I just it's hard to understand why you would have a collection of these streaming. Apps. When really they all essentially do the same thing. They're just a million different ways to get your music, and that that ultimately means that there's no real pricing power on this side. And when you've got musicians going in there, and they really are commanding more money as as they should, it really makes it difficult to be a distributor of it.
0: A couple of housekeeping notes before we wrap up. First, thank you again to everyone who came out to chatter last Friday. Uh, so great to meet various listeners. Uh, and uh, I, I got to give a, a special shout out to Ryan who was just incredible. I'm, I'm always impressed when I meet our listeners and hear their stories and hear about the work that they're doing. Ryan is a 19 year old guy who wakes up at 3:30 every morning to go to his first job which is at a dairy farm. holy cow! he's going to community college no pun intended. and then um, uh, going into the Navy oh, wow. I, I believe in 2018 and just a a super smart, hardworking young guy. It was great to meet him. Um, uh, Also, I mentioned uh, recently that we're hiring here at The Motley Fool. You can go to careers.fool.com to see our open positions. Also, at long last, the summer internship positions for 2018 are now posted. So, if you are interested in being a summer intern here at The Motley Fool in 2018, go to careers.fool.com. We've got Investing interns we're looking for, editorial interns, tech interns.
1: My girls are like uh, youngest daughter's 11, oldest is getting ready to turn 13, and they're already like just filling out their applications, yeah. perfecting them because when they're able, they really want to come here and intern. It's uh,
0: it's nice to be it's nice to be a place where people want to be. It is. You know? It absolutely is, and it's uh, it's a competitive uh, environment. So yes. uh, we we always get a lot of of great applications and. Unfortunately, we can only take so many, but uh, but check it out if you're interested. Jason Moser from Million Dollar Portfolio, thanks for being here. Thank you. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against, so don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market MarketFoolery. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill, thanks for listening, and we'll see you tomorrow.